Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Karat Tribe. It's Rhonda Velez here. We just wanted to come on here and tell you a little bit about the next few episodes. We interviewed a wonderful friend of ours. Her name is Sunny Kane, and she spoke about her journey and her story on religious abuse. So this week you will listen to part one and next week we will be launching part two of her story. We hope you enjoy it and have a great day. Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. How are you today? Hey, peeps. (laughs) We're excited to be on. We invited a very good friend of mine, Sunny Kane. Her and I actually met at Freedom Academy last year and we connected immediately. Both of us have our own um, set of things that we had gone through in the church. And I just couldn't think of a better person to kind of come on here and talk about her story and kind of about religion and the difference between religion and relationship. And so I'm just going to say a little bit about Sunny because she's impressive to me. So um, I'm going to read a bio. So Sunny is a catalytic communicator who brings the sunshine wherever she goes, which is completely true. <laughs> a dynamic, the name. Exactly. <laughs> A dynamic leader who engages people with her authenticity, her humor, and courage. Sunny regularly shines light on the path to freedom, healing, and transformation. She is a speaker, a health coach, the founder and CEO of the Impact Women Movement, and her message of hope and purpose are rallying a generation to take action. She and her husband, Paul, live a crazy adventure in Nevada with their four children and their fur baby, Gage. So welcome, Sunny. We're so happy to have you on. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's so fun to have these moments where, you know, I just thought I was randomly going to a Freedom Academy and I walked away with a new friend. So that's fun. <laughs> or 20 or 20 friends. Or 20, 20, yeah. Right. Like, and then, all, and then I met people. Phyllis. So it's like a two for one deal. <laughs> I know. And we're, we're all Freedom Academy people. So it's yep. all good. <laughs> we're all Freedom Academy graduates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sunny, we wanted you to just talk a little bit about how you grew up and about your childhood and share with us your story. Sure. Um, It's always such a, uh, I'm like, it's so easy for me in light of the things that I've walked through to just go off the diving board into the pool and go right into the deep of Mm -hmm. the difficulties that I walked. Um, But as I was thinking about this today, um, I was really thinking about how I was a strong-willed little girl being raised by a single mama. Okay. So that, that like describes a lot of me, but in that we had so much laughter and we also had makeup parties, you know, it's things chicks do. Uh, You remember the Mary Kay vintage. Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) 
you know, like, oh yes, we had lots of that with blue eyeshadow and all of the crazy things. Um, and we had whipped cream fights, fun in the kitchen. And, um, and we had music. My mom and I both had such a love for music. My mom was in jazz bands all the way through me growing up. And, um, and I would say that I had a soundtrack up to my life. It was Michael Jackson. And then later Paula Abdul. I mean, oh, of course. Like, <laughs> I mean, these are the most interesting things about me folks. Okay. They really are. Um, but, um, I, I would say that I was just kind of born in a way that I've always been bold as a lion. And I've been a kid that had great big faith. And when I think about growing up, um, it, it sounds cliche here, but really like I, I think about Jesus when I think about through my history, um, from the time when I said, Hey, I was a, a little girl with great big faith. It's crazy to me where I don't really know where that faith come came from. It wasn't, um, part of my, uh, family story. Uh, my mom would kind of get freaked out by the level of faith that I had. She would say that I would go to school and I'd be praying for people on the playground slide. And she'd say, how was school today? I'm like, the power of God hit me while I was on the slide. And I prayed for oh Jesus. My God. Wow. And my mom is like, what on what on like, earth is happening? This child needs help. Like, <laughs> what do you mean the power of God hit you? Or um, she'll talk about the cars would drive by and one day somebody broke down outside our house and I went running out there and laid hands on the car and just prayed for God, the power of God to hit that vehicle. Where did you see that of where, because if you weren't raised, where did you see that? Being to, done? You know, what's really funny is I look back and I, I cannot remember that Phyllis. I, we don't know where it came from. My mom was like, is she watching TV evangelism or, (laughs) you know, what is happening? But I can just, I just always remember Jesus being there. I don't remember someone that introduced me to him. I remember him always being there. And I think, isn't that funny? We, as, as Christians, we put so much pressure on ourselves to lead people to Jesus, Mm -hmm. but he is in the business of leading people to himself. And I think because of the story that we'll get into here, I believe that God knew from a very early age, he needed to be evident to me because he is the very thing that pulled me through uh, it's kind of what happened in the next season of my life. And, um, kind of as an introduction to this season, um, I used to have at night a li- as a little kid, you know, eight and nine year old Sunny, I would have, uh, visions at night. I would go to bed and I would wake up and I would have these visions of evil that was, you know, taking place in my home. And, um, I would wake up and see, I can fully visually still see these visions. And what does evil look like when you think of a nine-year-old girl? Well, at that time, I saw dogs with red eyes foaming and trying to jump at me in my bed. Um, I saw spiders in every crevice of my, but what I felt internally was panic and terror. And I just knew that I was unsafe. And my mom would come in to comfort me. And my mom was not a safe place because when she would run in, 
she would be covered in what I would describe as the darkness and the evil. So wow. her, her hands could not bring me comfort. Now, my mom, this was happening so frequently. My mom took me to a doctor, like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And of course it's, it's described as uh, night terrors, yeah. right? They got a name for it. And they say, don't approach someone who's having night terrors, right? Cause you'll freak them out. But what's funny is these were not me asleep. I can remember them to this day. And, um, and, but they weren't always negative. I remember I would have these. And then one night in the midst of all of that darkness, I remember looking out into my hallway and seeing soldiers marching up and down. They were, when you think of soldiers, for me, it was more this presence of light. And I knew that when those soldiers were there in my vision, I felt safe. So I began to pray for those soldiers to be near. And I would ask God, send the soldiers. And um, now all of this uh, for many years, actually, I thought it was a little bit nuts, right? And I might be, you know, like sunny with the side <laughs> of crazy, but um, now I've embraced that. Uh, but back then I thought, you know, I might be a little crazy because I was seeing all of these, these things. But what I actually think it was, was a precursor um, to the next, the, the new season that was beginning in my life. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was a warning to my spirit um, to think of those soldiers and pray for them because we were embarking on a season of evil. And, um, if you had watched my mother's demeanor in this season, we went from that laughter that I talked about those fun whipped cream parties to a mother who was very depressed and really struggling. And, um, and then, uh, in one of our, our traditions, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. We, um, we would go to church on Sundays on the way we would stop at the donut hole and on the way home, we would go to McDonald's. It's the Catholic way. <laughs> it is. And I'm like, dang, no wonder I had health issues. My gosh, I was going to the donut hole and McDonald's in one day. I mean, baby got back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. So on one of these, these days in the midst of this season of these, these dreams, on one of these days, uh, we went to our typical Sunday routine, walked into McDonald's. And while my mom might see this story differently, I don't know how we met him, but my mom met a gentleman who was, um, gosh, this guy was, uh, if I could describe him, he seemed to be just the kind of guy that would give you the shirt off of his back super kind he noticed things he slowed down and he saw people he talked about god you you wanted to sit down and just have coffee with him like everything about him was endearing um he was charismatic he had a way of reading people and drawing them in and and as a, i remember we met him i'm playing i'm coming back and forth but i'm watching that demeanor in my mom that depressive demeanor where she was just struggling i'm watching her lighten up i'm watching the excitement rise up and um this guy became a very uh instrumental part of our lives. Um, that day opened up a time where my mom believed we were joining a ministry and serving the kingdom of God. And, um, and she gave up everything, uh, to follow this guy. Yes. So did you ever feel anything negative? Cause I feel like when you were talking about what you would see at night, and I mean, those are very prophetic things, right. That God obviously, and I do believe that children, have a sense where they just aren't as closed off as adults are, you know, so God was obviously preparing your heart, but you didn't feel anything negative about this person that you had met that had walked into your life at McDonald's. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, it's actually, um, absolutely. I, I felt something off, but I watched my mom's demeanor Mm -hmm. and I watched her be happy. 
But I would say at that point, I didn't visually see something with my eyes. I could see what was happening was this guy was, man, he, he was kind and he was, you know, all the things I described, but under the surface, I knew how my gut felt something Mm -hmm. was off. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that describes the next several years of my life. I can see with my eyes, but something's off with my gut, right? Just, um, so warning signs were there. Um, and, uh, but I do think that there is a part of us, you know, that, uh, statement where people say we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that the truth is that the enemy knows that and he preys upon that. He uses that very part of us. Um, and I think that that's what happened is this guy came in with this appearance of the kingdom of God. And my mom's heart was ready for that because there's a hole in her heart that can only be filled by God. So she leaned towards spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then what that ended up being was, you know, um, gosh, it, it went from being this, uh, where she realized it was a move of God into being a cult. And, um, that cult would be something that would end up going from all of the laughter. It would choke out the laughter and the life in, in us, um, for many years. And actually that became it kind of, we embarked on this season that, um, it's interesting and I'll go into the details of the season and share some of that. Um, because I do think that it makes much of Jesus what happened. It really does. But um, what I can say is that season of my life uh, was the hardest thing I've walked through, but it also became an invitation to healing. Mm. It became an invitation for intimacy with God, not at the time, but I have had to revisit that season over and over. And it has become the fabric that has built my faith. And so um, I'm saying this right now because I know like we have these seasons of our life, both in our past Mm -hmm. and in our present, where we think there is no way through. All we can see is the hard. All we can see is the abuse and the pain. But yet those are the places where we come to know God by name. I can't I can't know God as rescuer unless I've needed to be rescued, you know. Um, So it's a season that I'm that is heartbreaking. It it still chokes me up, but it's a season where I have seen so much of the goodness of my God in the midst of. So I joke, I told Rhonda, I think the other day that I wanted to write a book called, um, uh, Oh, see, now I'm going to space it out. All the pressure with you two ladies. (laughs) Um, No pressure. There we go. We forget all the time. (laughs) We're super professional here, as you can tell. So so professional. (laughs) Oh, there it is. It's called, um, what do chickens and snakes have to do with redemption? Oh, (laughs) and it's this idea, right? Colts, people think, you know, it's like chicken. They're drinking chicken Chicken. blood and and vipers and weird snake blood. And yet in a cult, I came to know Jesus more. And so it's very crazy. It's not how we think that would be, but, but yeah, so, so I'm the cult girl. Um, and, uh, so I have a question. So as, as you were going through this whole experience of being in this cult, were there moments where you tried to see the reason in it and maybe tell your mom, like, this doesn't look right, or I'm not feeling right about this. And was it ignored or how did you deal with that? 
What's interesting, and this can be, I think a lot of, a lot of single uh, parents, you know, that yeah. when you're being raised by a single parent, I think uh, by nature, and I even watch it in my kids, by nature, there's a small part of us that begins to take on this nature of protect mom, right? And I watched uh, her demeanor be down and I watched it be higher, right? And so in that, I, I don't remember having those conversations. My mom might remember them. Um, but for me, it was, well, mom's happy. So, you know, I guess I'll just, you know, so you just I, jumped on board. Yes. And I would say there were times throughout, um, throughout this cult and, and, um, where I tried to speak truth to the whole of the group. And, um, I know this sounds funny, but like, if you can't beat them, join them, that kind of idea. Mine became, if you can't beat them, then try to protect them. If you can't convince them there is what is happening here is not real, then try to protect them. That became a role that I took on, on in childhood. An example of that, um, that I would say kind of displays what I'm talking about. So, um, when you, when you go to this place of how do you go from move of God to cult? How, how, where are the warning signs and how does somebody fall for this? And, um, what is, uh, really well known in, in, you know, typical cults, like when you think of Jim Jones and everybody drinking Kool-Aid and all of that kind of stuff, um, what ends up happening really is they use brainwashing techniques and it's not just brainwashing in sense of the word, oh, they brainwashed me. No, it is like sleep deprivation. It is starving, right? But you're fasting is, is the spiritual way to say that. Um, and you're isolated. And so we're robbed of three important things, sleep, nutrition, and community, all three things that it takes, like God designed us with those needs. They're hardwired. And when those things begin to happen, what happens is your mind becomes like silly putty in, in the hands of whoever. And, um, right. And can we be clear? Like, like too, like when we talk about like fasting and those kinds of things, cause we know that, that, that we do fat, like, you know, we would do the Daniel fast at, at church, you know, um, that's very different than I think what you actually yes. experience. We're talking about not eating. We're talking about like going days without, you know, real food and that sort of thing. So can you guys just touch on also, that just a little bit? Ab- absolutely. And when I, when I'm mentioning that, um, see everything that this man did, he used the word of God to, to actually abuse, right. To to convince people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not depriving you of food. You're fasting for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. So see, Oh, you're not staying awake all night, except for to spend time studying God's word and spending time in his kingdom and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's an over spiritualized way for him to actually do the brainwashing techniques that he knew exactly what he was doing. So, um, you know, and, and that's where things like this get complicated is when somebody actually uses the word of God to violate you, we've got a problem because that word of God was actually sent to heal us, right? It's Mm -hmm. to give us the hope of the gospel. And it's not meant to make you feel guilty or no. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So fasting, but I got to tell you, fasting was a hard principle for me, um, in my faith after yeah. being in, in this oh, I'm sure. because of how that was, you know, of how that was used. Um, and 
it, it's interesting. So all of these people were in that state, right? They they did not have sleep. They did not have other community. They had isolated themselves from families. They um, so their mind really was like silly putty. And um, it's it's so why when I believe when God's telling us to guard our hearts, that that really takes us guarding our minds. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes we see all throughout scripture where Jesus told people, get something to eat. Yes. Uh, get some rest, pull away and sleep. And it's because we, we do have these parts of us that we have got to rest. We have got to sleep and we have got to have community in our lives. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I mean, literally we do, we do, we go a little cray cray. And my mom fell into this. So did all these people. And I remember this moment, long way of getting to this, but Um, I remember this moment and this is when we were way deep. Okay. Like we had been into this for years. Okay. We didn't just fast forward from McDonald's to this moment. Um, but he's in this room and he's got the lights dimmed and there's all these adults around and they're flashing and he's waving his hands like this and moving them around. And he's saying, do you see that? Do you see the glory of God? Do you see the light? Do you see it? All of these adults are going like, Oh my gosh. Like, it's crazy. Do you see that? I mean, and I am looking at them like, see what, like he's waving his hands. Like what the heck is happening? I, I don't understand. And he just kept doing it. And they were like giddy and giggling. And these are all adults, right? Like, so I remember going and someone said, Sonny, do you see that? And I said, no, remember I'm sunny and bold as a lion. I see nothing except for you waving your hands. And he said, Oh, look at that. It's because the anointing is on her. Look at her. Everybody's like, Oh my gosh, Sonny, you're glowing. The glory is on you. Oh my goodness. And I just remember in that moment knowing it wasn't going to be safe to really share what I thought. And then I can think of another moment very similar where, um, you know, as a, as a little girl, remember Sonny, great, big faith. I knew Jesus was coming back. I just did. I read his word. I knew he was coming back. And I had this childlike prayer that said, Hey, Jesus, when you come back, will you come to my room, knock on my door and tell me you're here. Okay. Just like Mm -hmm. things kids pray, just very innocent. Prayed this quietly to myself. And I remember the day that I sat before this gentleman and he said, Hey, I'm Jesus. Knock, knock. He's sorry. Let me rewind there. He said, do you remember that little prayer that you pray? Knock, knock. I'm here. I'm Jesus. And I remember everything inside of me, you guys like talk about just um, almost a, a fierce anger that rushed through my body and a tightness in my chest. And I look over his shoulder to see my mother smiling and nodding. Like, isn't it amazing? Same thing with, with when everybody was seeing the glory on him. And I, it, those two moments taught me it wasn't safe to say what I saw because something, and, and I do, I feel like I look the enemy right in the face. This, he knew my prayers, like what I was saying out loud. And he tried to use them against me. And so, he heard you praying that prayer? Not to my knowledge, he didn't. Mm. So, and, and, and I just, I just think that we haven't, we yeah. have an enemy. He seeks, yeah. he sneaks around and like the, a lion. Seeking and the enemy is, 
he is cunning, you know, he is. And so many times it's not even that person. It's the enemy has, has taken over and is using that person, you yeah. know, and in it's that place, right. It's, and, and it is, it's like, we, we, we like to in church, you know, we think of the devil as this guy with a pitchfork and horns, you know, but it's so much more than that. Like we are in, there is spirit realms around us that are fighting for us and against us. And, you know, until you've been through something like you've been through or, you know, a a really hard period, it's really hard to understand when the battle is being fought. And so I totally get that. I'm sure looking in his eyes was terrifying and knowing like he's mocking Jesus, knowing the relationship that you had with Jesus. And I would say that 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 what you're talking about describes why I believe God gave me a heightened sense of what Mm -hmm. was happening in the spiritual realm is um, the things that I thought and other people might've thought were the things that made me crazy actually were the things that were my protection, that being aware Mm -hmm. that there was a battle being worn, like God sent soldiers. Yeah. So that you I knew, knew you would be protected. You knew that I knew I would be protected. And I knew that there was a war that others could not see. I always wow. knew that deep, deep, deep in my spirit. And, um, you know, you, you even think about um, God is so in the details of our story. Um, you know, when I talked about all of that brainwashing stuff, I wasn't one of the adults. So I very much got to have a, you know, normal life, whatever that is. But I mean, I didn't, I wasn't having sleep deprivation. I wasn't being starved. Um, I was going to an out to, to normal schools. I was going to, um, you know, youth group with people. And, um, and that's the things that I want. I, I I'm like, I just want to shout to people. You don't know who's in your youth group. You don't know what is happening. There could be a kid in there who is in what I was. I'm like, I was going to Awanas, you know, and there I was. And I had this Bible, you guys, that I would read all the time. And every time I would open this Bible, it didn't matter if I was searching out Genesis or Revelation. When I opened that Bible, it was like this invisible bookmarker was in Matthew 24. And if you think about Matthew 24, verse 24, it talks literally about how there will be many false prophets who come in my name. And these many false prophets will produce signs and wonders so as to even pull off God's elect. Like that is a warning for a warning. Like even those of us who love the Lord can be pulled off by these false prophets and they will produce signs and wonders. So, you know, it's not just someone who's crazy and just, you know, that just doesn't really love the Lord that gets pulled off into this. And Mm -hmm. so there I was getting this warning from God. Every time I opened my Bible, there are false prophets and they will produce signs and wonders. So I was aware these people were probably seeing some weird sign and wonder, Mm -hmm. but I had the eyes of my father and so I did not see that. I knew that this was not real, what these people were seeing. And that is God's protection. That is yeah. completely God's protection. Hello, friends. Well, that was part one of Sunny's story. And we hope that you will join us next week for part two, where she continues to share God's redeeming grace through um, her journey of spiritual and religious abuse. Until next time, sparkle on. Sparkle on.